how's everybody doing today? Doing good? Hey, so we're going to start uh, the second part of this series on I Can Change. Everybody say, I can change. I can change. Come on, one more time, I can change. So we're going to do part two today of I Can Change, and we're going to continue uh, talking about how we can change with the power and the help of God. And uh, so we're just going to jump right into the message today and get going here. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what I mentioned last week, uh, just to kind of lay a foundation from where we're going to go today. So last week, uh, we started this series called I Can Change. Everybody say, I Can Change. And... um, we, we started talking about I can change and how do we change and, and God wants us to change. And um, we're going to build every week on the foundation of that. So I want to give you the three things we talked about last week uh, before we talk about what we wanted to talk about today. So last week we started this series I Can Change and we talked about if God is going to uh, help you change, you have to allow him to ch- help you change. If uh, you're going to really change for good, and it's going to be true and lasting change, God has to be in the middle of it. And we see if people that try to change in the world, uh, sometimes they change a little bit, sometimes they change a lot, but a lot of times they go back to the same old way they used to be after a period of time because God is not in the center of it. So if we're going to be a true and lasting change people, God has to be in the middle of it. And, and so we started talking about that last week. Well, how do we get God in the middle of it? And how do we change? Uh, because a lot of people fail, as you know, at the beginning of the year. They have New Year's resolutions and they have New Year's and new, new hopes and new opportunities. But uh, only 8% actually do those things. Well, there's a reason because most people don't have God in their change. But also, they, they uh, don't allow themselves to let God uh, give them the practical steps to change in their life. Uh, so I want to mention the three things we talked about last week so we can build on those this week. So I, I think I'm going to call them this because each week I have a different set of principles. Uh, but they're all from the Bible. They're all from God's Word on how to practically change. But I'm going to call them power principles. Doesn't that, doesn't that just sound right? Everybody say power principles. Uh, So the first thing we talked about last week was the power of I can. The first step in changing is to believe that you can change. That's the first step to changing. And you can because God's word says you can do all things through him who gives you strength. So you can change. God's word says you can change. So the power of I can. You have to believe you can change before you do. Not your neighbor has to believe it. Not God has to believe it. But you have to believe it. And the second thing we talked about was the power of humility. You have to humble yourself if you want God to help you. Because the Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace or his ability to the humble. So we realize we can't change without God's help, but we can't receive God's help without being humble. And humility says, God, I can't do it by myself. I can't change by myself. I can't help myself. So I need you to come help me. And when we humble ourselves before God, then God's grace comes in and helps us change when we can't change in our own strength. So the power of humility. And last week, we ended with the power of vision. The power of vision about the importance of having a vision or a target, a blueprint for your life on where you want it to go. And there's power in vision. And we handed out some handouts last week. And I want to say this before we go any further. If you would like a handout, ushers have these today. Maybe you didn't get one last week or you want another one of these handouts. Ushers, could you uh, hand these out? Raise your hand real quick if you want one of these. We gave these out last week. Uh, If you weren't here or maybe you want a copy of this on I can change and this piece of paper right here is just to help you practically be able to write down your vision and your goals for your life so you can have the power of vision and uh, just let you guys know this is on the website so if you want to go to the website you can uh, get on the website print it off and um, there's also the notes from last week the podcast is from last week so if you want to get on there and listen to that so I can change. And this, like I said, it just gives you some practical steps on how to write down your vision because there's power in vision. Can I get amen today? I'm going to need you to be about 110 times more responsive than you are today. Can you do that? It feels a little cold in the atmosphere in here today, so we're going to need to warm it up. And not just my hot breath, but we're going to need you guys to warm up a little bit. 
Uh, so the power of vision, that's what we ended with. And so I encourage you guys to fill these out, pray about them, think about them. Because there's power in vision. God said it, and uh, there's power in vision. So we're going to continue today about talking about I can change. So for true and lasting change to happen, God has to be in the middle of it. And the, the principles that we've been talking about the past uh, week or so are all from God's Word. And I mentioned this last week, but I want to say it again. Some of these things are like things that you've uh, read in a business book or you've heard maybe a teacher or somebody on TV say, you know, there's a reason that they work because they're in the Bible. And so you could go to a secular person and they're going to say some of the same things I'm saying today. Well, there's a reason those things work in the natural world because God set it up that way. God made man in his image and likeness and he gave us these things in the Bible and they work because there's power in his word and he, he knows human beings better than anybody knows human beings. And so these principles that we talk about, uh, sometimes that you'll, you'll hear them in the, the leadership world or the business world or the counseling world, but ultimately they're from God's word. That's why they even work at all. And so uh, today we want to talk about two different things, two more power principles. Everybody say power principles. And the first one is this. We want to talk today about the power of your words. The power of your words. If we're going to change, we have to change the way we talk. If we're going to change our life. So we're going to talk today. The first one is about the power of your words. Power of your words. Now these are all principles that are in the Bible. And they work. The power of your words. If you're going to change your life, you have to change the way you talk. Because there's power in your words. Can we all be honest in here? The times that you haven't changed, you were very negative in your words coming out of your mouth. Is that not right? The times that you haven't changed what you were speaking guilt and shame and condemnation over yourself. You were not speaking words of faith. You were not speaking words of hope. You were speaking down to yourself. You were speaking negative things. And that's why... Not only could you not change, but even when you tried to change, it didn't work because there's power in your words. There's power in your words. So that's what we want to talk about today, the first step, or, or uh, really it's the fourth step overall, the power of your words. So let's get into our Bibles here. i got several verses. Proverbs 18, 21 in the New King James Version. So let's look up here and read it. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life, notice, are in the power of the tongue. Not God's tongue, not the enemy's tongue, not your family's tongue, not your friend's tongue, your tongue. Death and life are in your tongue or in your mouth. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now let's read it from the message translation. Words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. (laughs) So if you have a bad taste in your mouth right now, and if you don't like what you're eating and experiencing in life, your choice. Come on now, don't, don't act like I'm not preaching now. If you don't like the way your life tastes, you're the one cooking up the meal with your mouth. And it says words kill and words give life. We know that. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. So there's power in our words. There's power to kill things. There's power to give life to things in our words. Death and life are in the power of our tongue. In the power of our tongue. And notice it says, it's our choice what we bring into our life by the words that we say. They can either be poison that is killing us, or they could be fruit that's giving us life. Based off the choice of what we say and the power of our words. Come on, are you here today? So there's power in our words. If we want to change, we have to change the way we talk because there's power in our words. Power in our words. And... The thing is that God created us 
in his likeness and image. We are made in the likeness and image of God, and God is a God of faith. God is a God of faith. And he created us as human beings, as people of faith. And our faith is released by our words. Faith is not just in our heart. It has to be there. But faith has to be in our mouth. We release our faith by our words. Whatever you're believing for, whether you're believing God or something else, you speak those things out of your mouth. You know, when you're negative... Why are you saying those things? Because you believe those things are coming to pass in your life. When you're positive and faith-filled, why do you speak those things out of your mouth? Because you believe those things are coming to pass. So we've been made in the image and likeness of God, and God's a faith God, so we're faith people. And what, it, what happens when God wants to release his faith, he speaks words. And when we release faith, we have to speak words. So it's not good enough, it's just in our heart, it has to be in our mouth. In the same way this, when you got saved, it wasn't good enough that you just believed God died for you and wants you to have a new life and he forgave you of your sins in your heart. Was it good enough that way? What did you have to do? Speak it out of your own mouth. Why? Because your faith is released by words. The Bible says in Romans, those who believe in their heart and confess with their mouth shall be saved. Now, you could take that a lot of ways, not just salvation, I'm getting to heaven, but you'll be saved in any, any other way in your life by the words you speak in your mouth. But notice, it's not just good enough, it's in your heart. You have to believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, and you shall be saved, or you shall be healed, or you shall be delivered, or you shall change by the words of your mouth. So the power is in our mouth and there is power in our words. Because we talked about faith last week. So we want God to be involved in our life. And he's involved by our faith. So how do we release faith? By our words. Faith is released by our words. There's power in your words to change your life. If you're struggling changing, listen to the way you talk about yourself in your life. And usually it's not aligned with God's word because there's power in your words. Could we turn over to Mark 11? Mark 11, 22. And we're going to start in 22 and go to 24. This is a familiar faith passage in the Bible. And notice it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, some translations will say this, just so you can write this down in your notes. Jesus said to them, actually, have the God kind of faith. And now he's about to tell you how the God kind of faith is released in your mouth. So Jesus answered and said to them, really a better translation would say, have the God kind of faith. And how many know if you're saved, you have the God kind of faith. So how is it released? For surely I say to you, whoever says, did you get that? says, because there's power in your words, to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. And he will have whatever he says. Come on, are you here this morning? He's saying this is the God kind of faith. They speak in, into existence what they want to happen. And he says, he will have whatever he says. Now let me remind you that he will have whatever he says, whether that's in the positive or the negative direction. You will have whatever you say. Why? Because you're made in the image and likeness of God, and you have faith just like God has faith. And when you speak negativity, you will get it because you will have whatever you say. Are you following me so far? Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. But notice he says the God kind of faith is you have to speak to things, and whatever you say is what you will receive. Because we have the God kind of faith. You follow me so far? So there's power in our words. God created us, once again, in his image, and his likeness. And the Bible says that we are to imitate God. The way he lives. 
the way he talks, the way he is, the characteristics of God. We should be like God, and we have the God kind of faith. So the God kind of faith, what is it? The God kind of faith is a faith that speaks what they want, and then they will have whatever they say, whether that's in the negative or the positive. Now, you want some more scriptures? Because I'm going to give you some more examples of this in the Bible. This is not just one verse. Let's go back to the beginning, Genesis 1 and verse 1. So this is God in the beginning, the God who's a faith God. Notice what he says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, everybody say said. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God's a faith God. And faith is released through words. We know there's power in our words from what Proverbs said. We know that that we can have whatever we say because of what Jesus says. But let's confirm this again with another scripture. God is a faith God. And it wasn't good enough that God wished and hoped and in his heart he wanted there to be light. And wanted there to be change. It wasn't good enough. He had to say Something for it to change. Come on now, somebody. Is anybody here? He had to say something if he wanted it to change. And let it be true for us too. You know that in your life, you want things to change in your life and you don't say anything. And you believe it in your heart and you believe it in your head, but you don't say anything so nothing changes because faith is released when you speak words to change something. It's not good enough. You're just thinking it in your head and you got a, a great attitude in your heart. That's a good place to start. Like I said, you got to believe you can first. Start there. But take the next step and speak it out of your mouth because nothing will change in your life till you say something different. And we have power in our words like God has power in our words. We have the faith that God has. That's what the Bible says. And God releases his faith by words. Let's read this verse again. So notice, the earth was without form and void. So that's not what God wanted. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Notice God called for what he wanted, not for what he saw. And then what he said brought it into being. Are you here today? That's why we need to speak positive, faith-filled words over our change. Because the reason we fail is we're speaking about what we can see and feel right now. And we're not speaking about things we want to see. We're not speaking about where we want to go. Let me give you an example, because we're talking about change. You can't keep speaking if you're overweight and want to lose weight. You can't keep saying, I can never lose weight. I always fail going on diets. I'm never going to get it together. I'm just always going to eat this way. I'm always going to be fat. Look at myself. Look, Look at yourself in the mirror, and you're talking down to yourself. You will never change that way. Why? Because you're speaking what you see, not what you want to see in the future. And it will stay the same as long as you keep saying that. Notice God, what did he do? He didn't want to see darkness. So what? if God was like us, he would have stepped out of heaven and said, Man, it's dark. Man, I sure don't want it to be dark. Man, it's so dark. This is depressing. But that's what we do with our mouths and we wonder why it doesn't change. God didn't say what he saw. He said what he wanted it to be. And then it became what he was saying. Now, are you here? Are you following me? So God said because he didn't want darkness. He didn't want void. He wanted light to be. He said, light be and light was. He said it 
before he saw it. Come on now, somebody. Are you here today? He said it before he saw it. Pertaining to change, I want to encourage you right now. You can start writing this down. The power of your words. Start saying it before you see it. You're struggling with your health. I'm healthy and whole. I am strong. I can run a marathon. I'm getting stronger every day. I make the right choices on what I eat. I am strong in the Lord and the power of His might. By His stripes I am healed. I am strong and healthy and full of life. I'm getting better, not worse. While you're speaking what you want to see. And notice there's power in your words to change your life, change your body, change your future. Because there's power in your words. So if you don't want to see it, stop talking about it. Start talking about what you want to see, what you want to happen, what you want God to do in your life, what you want to be in the future. I mentioned this the other week. Maybe you want to get an education and better yourself. You want to go to college. Don't say, I can't make it. I can't understand the professors. I don't, I don't get what they're saying. I'm always going to get bad grades. Probably not going to get that scholarship. No. Say what you want to see. Professors like me, I get good grades. I get extra credit. I'm able to comprehend anything that's talked about in the classes because I have the mind of Christ. I am ten times smarter than anybody in there just like Daniel was in his day. Not because of who I am, because of the God who lives on the inside of me. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I have the mind of Christ. I am smart and well-abled, and I have a sound mind. And I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Talk like that. Why? Because we're talking about what we want to see. And notice what happened first. God had to say it before he saw it. And for all of us in here that are wanting to change areas in our lives, we're going to have to say something before we see it with these two eyes first. We're going to have to start speaking those things into existence that we want to happen. We're going to start having to say uh, what we want to come into place and not what we see and feel with our natural eyes because there's power in our words. And just like God changed the universe by His words, you can change your life by your words. There's power in your words. So many people do not realize that there's power in their words. And they speak curses and death on themselves all day and wonder why their life is the way it is. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if we're going to be faith people and we're going to be like God, we have to speak what we want to see into existence. And then we'll see it with these two eyes. But we're going to have to speak it. Let's look at another verse, Romans 4, 17. You guys here today? There's power in your words. Romans 4, 17. Now before we read this, in Romans it's talking about Abraham. And Abraham was the father of our faith. He was the example of our faith, Abraham. Anybody know who Abraham is? So in Romans, he's writing about Abraham being the father of our faith and what happened because God said that he would have a promised child. And he was a hundred something years old and still didn't have a promised child. So he was a man of faith. Notice what it says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him who he believed, God who gives life to the dead, Now, really listen to this part. And calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Are you here? Now, what is that? That's faith. Now, where do we see God doing this? In the beginning, in Genesis. What did He do? He called those things which did not exist as though they did. It was darkness, and He said, light be. There was no planet, and He said, planet form. There was no mountains, and he said mountain form. There was no wilderness, and he said wilderness form. There was no animals, and he said animals come. There was no birds, and he said birds come. There was no humans, and then he breathed into them the breath of life. But nothing was here until he said something. Nothing. 
So what did he do? He didn't call those things the way they were, because if the way they were, it would have continued to be dark without form and void. But what does he say? God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's what faith does. That's what a real faith person does. That's somebody who believes in the power of the words. I'm going to speak these things into existence just like they already exist. And my words will bring it to pass. Let me give you an example of this. Abraham, the father of our faith. A hundred years old, he didn't have a promised child. God was calling him father of many nations. Before he had any children. Now how could God do that? Because he calls those things into existence before they actually really exist in in, in reality. He calls those things before they happen. And so God used Abraham and he called him Abraham, which means father of many nations before he had any kids. But it wasn't good enough that God called Abraham father of many nations. He changed his name to Abraham. So when people referred to him, they would have to call him father of many nations. He called himself father of many nations when he was a hundred years old and no kids. Why? Because faith calls what you want, not what you have. It calls those things into existence that are not yet. Because there's power in your words. And you know what happened when he was a hundred something years old and Sarah was 90? They had a promised child named Isaac. And to this day, Jewish people, Christians, and Muslims all say that Abraham is the father of their faith. We're talking billions and billions of people on the planet claim Abraham to be their great-great-grandfather. So I guess it worked out he is the father of many nations, isn't he? But thousands of years ago, Abraham didn't see this day. But what did God do? He spoke those things before they happened, and he spoke them into existence. Abraham, father of many nations. He spoke what he wanted. You know, if Abraham was not a faith man, he would have said, I'm too old. I can't have kids. It's too late. And you know what? His words would have power, and he would have never had Isaac. But there's power in your words, and Abraham was a faith man. And he said, I'm going to believe what you say about me, God. And I'm going to start calling myself Abraham, father of many nations. I don't have many kids. I'm 100 years old. And he spoke that, and notice what happened. God brought it to pass. Because you can have whatever you say. Are you getting something today? The power of your words. Hear me before we go on to this next power principle. There's power in your words today. I know all of you in here are faith people. And your faith is released, not just in your heart, but in your words. And I I encourage you before we go to this next point. When you go home today, think about what have you been saying? Because we're talking about I can change. Everybody say, I can change. change. And what would you do? You just spoke into existence. You can change. Everybody say, "I I can change. Now, you might not feel like that right now, but what are you doing? You're calling those things into existence. I encourage you, go home today and think about your words. And think about those areas you've been writing down on areas you want to change. Do your words line up with that? Because I I believe, honestly, we could all say if we're struggling in the area of change, our words are probably not aligned with that change right now. We're probably speaking negative and down to ourselves and full of fear. Let's start speaking faith because your words have power to change your world. Come on, do you believe it today? Does any of you guys believe that? There's power in your words. We have to speak what we want, not what we see, not what we feel. We need to speak those things. God says we can have whatever we say. We're faith people. And we're going to speak those things into existence. So there's power in your words. 
The second thing I want to talk about today is the power of choice. The power of choice. And we're talking about I could change. The power of choice. God has given all of us a free will and a free choice. Every one of us. And it's easier to blame your life on other people. I knew it would get quiet on that one. It's easier to blame your life on the devil. It's easier to blame your life on the sovereignty of God and whatever will be, will be. I have no control whatsoever in this. If I fail, it's God. If I succeed, it's God. Whatever will be, will be. The power of choice. But God has given mankind the power of choice. He's given you a will. He's given you a choice that you can decide on how your life turns out. Now, I'm not saying apart from his help. I'm saying with his help, but you have a choice. Because how many know God wants to help everybody on the planet? He wants to heal everybody on the planet. He wants to save everybody on the planet. He wants to uh, fulfill the will of God for their life. But how many know everybody won't allow him to do that? Because your choice, the power of choice. I want to read a scripture to you in, in Deuteronomy 30. 19 about the power of choice. God speaking to his people that were um, in the wilderness about to go into the promised land. Deuteronomy 30, 19 in the New Living, it says, Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. So that you and your descendants might live. So what did God say? Now this, is, this was given to God's people. Uh, about to go into the promised land with Joshua. And he said, I say to you today. I set before you life and death. Blesses and curses. You choose. And then like an open book test like God always does. Choose life. God, what'd you say? Choose life. There's two things you can fill out on the test. Life and death. God's saying, choose life. All you got to do is mark in life on your test. That's all you have to do. Choose life. Promise you it's the right answer. And people are still like, okay, death. Now you wonder why, you know, sometimes God would be like, why don't I just wipe out the whole planet? That's why. Choose life, everybody. What would you say, God? Death, curses. Ah, I can't flood the earth anymore because of the rainbow. What else could I do to these people? <laughs> so you wonder why God could be a little frustrated with his people sometimes. What do I got to do, do for you guys to realize the right answer here? Choose life. No thanks. We'll choose death. Choose blesses. No, we got curses. It's okay. Why are you choosing these things? But notice what God said. It's your choice. It's your choice. The power of choice. And God says the same thing to us today. There's power in our choice. He's not going to make you choose. Life and death, blessing and curses. And God says choose life, but you have to choose it. Once again, there's millions of people on the planet, billions, that God wants to help. But he can't help them unless what? They choose. People he wants to heal their life, you choose. There's power in our choices. Are you hearing me today? There's power in our choices. So I want to talk about the power of choice for a few moments before we close. And about how it affects our life pertaining to change. Because a lot of people say they can't change because they feel like they don't have a choice, but they do. The truth and reality of your life is this. There are things that happen that are outside of your control and circumstances. 
There are challenges that everyone faces. There are storms of life. There are tests. God said it rains on the just and the unjust. God said storms of life come to the righteous and the unrighteous. He said that. Remember he talked about the one who built their house on the sand, the one who built their house on the rock. The storms of life came to both houses. They both had a choice. And those one chose to build their life on the rock, on the word of God. And their house was still standing after the storm. But one chose to build their house on the sand and it was destroyed. But notice they still had a choice. So there are things that happen that are outside our control and circumstances. There are challenges, storms, tests of life. So we can't always control what happens to us. Hear me. But you can always control what's happening in you. You can't always control what's happening around you or to you. But you can always control what's happening in you. The power of choice. So we can choose... On how our, how our lives are going to be. We can choose what our future is going to be like. We can choose what we do with our past. What we do with our present. What we do with our future. We choose and God doesn't. Because we can't always control what's happening to us. But we can always control what's happening in us. So when we as people have this mentality that I'm stuck and I can't change, you make yourself a victim that day. Because the truth is that you have a choice and you can change. But the day we don't take ownership for our own life and say, no, I can choose now. I have a choice on what my future is going to be like. Until we get there, we are stuck because we're victims. Not victors. And the power of choice gives us all freedom to be victorious. The power of choice gives us freedom to have a new life. The power of choice gets us out of being a victim. I heard one one preacher say this before. We are products of our past, but we are not prisoners. If you're in prison from your past, you've gone from something that happened to you to a choice now now come on now you got to help me preach this because the truth is we are products of our past but we are not prisoners because why we have the power of choice we can choose how our future is going to be we can choose what we do with our past we can choose what we do with our present because God has given us the power of choice now hear me because what I'm saying is I'm not trying to make light of what happened in your life I'm not trying to make light of what happened to you or things that people did to you in your past. I'm not trying to make light of that. But if we stay there and give those people ownership of our life, we will stay a victim and never change the rest of our life. Because the truth is, we can change. And we have a choice. We all have a choice. I love that because... It really evens the playing field, if you could say that, because God's given us a choice. We're only as stuck as we want to be. Or we could say we're only as stuck as we choose to be. If we're in a prison right now, it's because we've stayed in the cell, not because God's locked us in there. Because there's power in our choices. Once again, we can't always control what's happening around us or to us. Storms of life come to everyone, but we can control what's happening in us. We can control how we respond to those things. I was thinking about this, and and we're going to give you a couple examples. Joseph in the Bible. Joseph was favored by God, anointed by God. You know Joseph in the coat of many colors. Joseph was favored by God. He was told that his life was going to be amazing and great. And he was going to be in charge. And his brothers were going to bow down to him. His brothers didn't like that. In the same way if your brother or sister told you that prophecy. (laughs) 
you wouldn't appreciate it either. I rebuke you, Satan. But his brothers were jealous of him. They were jealous of him because he was favored. How many know people will be jealous of you when you're favored by God? Don't let it bug you. Don't let it destroy your life because you're going to be in unforgiveness towards those people. So Joseph was sold into slavery by his own family. Sold into slavery. And then his brothers went and told his dad that he was dead. Forget about Joseph, he's dead. He was sold into slavery. And then we see that he was eventually sold uh, to Potiphar, who was someone in Egypt who was high up. Potiphar, he was was sold to him as a slave. And uh, Potiphar's wife was in the house with him. Real Housewives of Egypt, season three, to be exact. All you ain't right people that watch Real Housewives are laughing right now. Um, So, yeah, she was on Real Housewives of of Egypt, season three. And Potiphar's wife saw Joseph. Why? Because Joseph was favored. Joseph was good looking. Joseph was a man of God, and so he was uh, somebody that caught her eye. So Potiphar's wife uh, tried to get Joseph to come sleep with her. And Joseph said, I can't do that. So Joseph, what did he do? He ran out of the house. And he said, I, I'm not going to you know, uh, touch Potiphar's wife. So it, what ends up happening is it goes from bad to worse. Potiphar's wife tells on Joseph and says that he did something he didn't do. So Potiphar's mad, and they send him to prison in Egypt, which prison is not the prisons of today with three square meals a day and cable TV. It was a hole in the ground. So Joseph was in slavery by his own family, then lied about by the person he worked for, then thrown in prison in Egypt, With no hope of getting out. But he knew what God had called him to do. So he was in prison. We see that when he was in prison, that God sent some people in his life to interpret dreams. And since he was able to interpret their dreams in the prison, eventually he got to go talk to the king or the prime minister of that day of Egypt. Because he was having dreams. And Joseph, once again, was favored by God. And God used him to interpret the dream of the king. On what would happen to the nation of Egypt about famine coming. And since he knew that he heard from God, he ended up turning Joseph into second in command. In the entire nation of Egypt, which Egypt was pretty much the the nation that was ruling the world at that time. That was before Rome or uh, before Great Britain. Egypt in that period of time was the ruler of the world at that time. And he was second in command. And so his brothers and his dad come to him later on in life. They don't know it's Joseph. They think Joseph is dead. And he talks to them and he says, hey guys, I forgive you. I love you. I'm going to help you. And we're going to read this verse in a second. This is such a powerful verse. But what I see from the story of Joseph is this. Now, he's one of the hall of faith people in the Bible, Joseph. What do I see in the story of Joseph? I see the power of choice. I see the power of choice. There are things that happened to Joseph that were not right. There were things that happened to him that he should have given up and been in Bitterness and unforgiveness towards people. But what did he do? Joseph kept his heart right towards God that whole period of time. Joseph kept his attitude right that whole time. Joseph stayed in faith that whole time. And because he knew there's power in my choices, one day he was in the pit and the prison, and the next day he was in the palace because the power of choice. And he didn't let his past keep him in prison. The power of choice. What do I see from that story? You can't blame what your parents did to you. 
You can't blame what your family and friends did to you. You can't blame what your ex-husband or ex-wife did to you. You can't blame what your kids did for you because you have the power of choice. And when you stay in faith and keep the right attitude and forgive people when they don't deserve to be forgiven, God will take you from the pit and the prison to the palace if you stay in faith with the power of choice. Come on, and that's not just preacher talk. That's real life. That's in your Bible. Are you getting something today? Why? Because Joseph realized there's power in my choice. And I'm not going to be defined by what other people have done to me or I'll stay in prison the rest of my life. And even though I'm physically out of prison, I'll be in prison the rest of my life. Because I have a choice. The power of choice. So Genesis 50 and 20. New living. This is what Joseph said to his brothers. You intended to harm me. Where's my organ at? I got Miss Marion. She's my organ. You intended to harm me, but God. (laughs) No greater part of the Bible when you see a but God in Scripture. Isn't that true? Because God's but's bigger than your but. Thank you. (laughs) You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. And he brought me to this position So I could save the lives of many people. Now how could he say that? Choice. He didn't feel like that. If he went by his feelings, he would say, You low down dirty brothers, forget you. You're in prison. I don't care if you all starve. Because I'm not going to forgive you. And you don't deserve to be forgiven. That's what his feelings would have said. But why? He stayed in faith. He stayed with the right attitude. He forgave, hear me, he forgave people that needed to be forgiven in his life. And he chose the right thing. And notice because of his choice. You intended it to harm me, but God intended it all for good. And he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Power of choice. (laughs) Thank you, I needed that. I'm going to close here. We only have a few more moments. You getting something today? So we talked, first of all, the power of your words, but also the power of choice. Because we can change if we choose to. It's our choice. I was thinking about this, and I heard her say this. A lot of you know who Joyce Myers is. Um, Wonderful woman of God. She literally affects millions of people every day of her life. Great woman of God. But she tells her testimony and she talks about her life. Talking about the power of choice. Joyce Myers is a faith woman. She believes in the goodness of God. But she said when she was younger, she was physically abused by her father and by other people when she was younger. And it happened for years and years and years. And she was afraid to tell anybody. And then later on in her life, she did tell somebody and her parents split up. But she was sexually abused for years and years and years. Joyce Meyer. Her brother was also abused, not to the level that she was, but he was also abused to a level. Joyce Myers had a choice. I'm not defending anything that happened to her. It's horrible. There's probably people in here that stuff like that's happened to you. God didn't do that to you. That's the enemy. But you know what? With the power of choice, you can say what Joseph said, what the enemy meant for evil. To harm you, God can turn it for your good. If you choose. Are you hearing me? If you choose to let him do that in your life. And the, the other part of that verse in, in Joseph's life was, He said, and because of that, it's put me in this position to save many lives. Think about Joyce Myers today. Because of her choice, she was put into that position, and she saves millions of lives every day on TV. 
millions of lives every day on the radio, millions of lives every day through her books because she chose to not let her past define her, to not let her past be the prison that she stays in. She chose to let it go, to forgive, to move on, and to realize like Joseph what the enemy meant for evil, to take me out. I'm going to let God turn it for my good so I can be in a position to save many people through the testimony that I have. But it only comes from a choice. Are you hearing me? I really want you to listen to what I'm saying. I remember she, she told this part of her testimony when her parents got older. She was able, because of her finances, she was able to, to get them a house, have them be cared for. The father that sexually abused her that never apologized, she put up in a house till the day he died and had people take care of him. And she said before he died, he apologized and he gave his life to the Lord. The power of choice. She had every right to do the complete opposite, but what happened? She cared about People, she cared about her life and the power of choice. And her dad is in heaven today because of the power of her choice. He doesn't deserve that. The power of choice. Are you hearing me today? But the other part of that testimony is this. Because just because you went through something traumatic or bad doesn't automatically mean you're going to be a testimony to other people. That's your choice. Because she also says that she has a brother that was abused less than she was, that was in the same home, experienced the same thing. He was sexually abused, but not to the level that Joyce Myers was. And the rest of his life, he was a drug addict. The rest of his life, he went from job to job and girl to girl and house to house, living homeless. And the rest of his life, he lived like that. There was even a period of time in... um, And she said this publicly. I'm not saying anything that's private. She said there was a time in his life that she tried to bring him on staff at Joyce Meyer Ministries to give him a job and to help him out. And he lasted a couple months, and then he disappeared again. And eventually it ended up, because she's in the St. Louis area, that one day somebody called, a police officer called, and found a man in an abandoned building, and it was Joyce Meyer's brother dead. Now, what does that story tell to, you, tell to you and I? We have a choice. Two people, same home, same parents, same abuse. One turns out to be a worldwide evangelist who helps and saves people with their testimony because of her choice. The other one turns into a drug addict and someone who never gets it together and is depressed and suicidal and eventually dies in a place where nobody could even find him, a police officer found him in an abandoned warehouse. That's sad. But what's the difference? Choice. Are you hearing me today? Choice. Power of choice. The power of choice, just like Joseph chose the right things, and God brought him out of that place to a place of uh, position in the palace the same way somebody like we know Joyce Myers which we honor and we respect what did she choose she chose the right things and she said what the enemy meant for evil I'm going to let God turn around for the good and I'm going to save many people that went through the same stuff I went through and I can give my testimony because I overcame it that they can overcome it that's what God wants to happen but it happens through your choice